you for listening. Thank you for listening. To the Outstanding Ohioans. Outstanding Ohioans. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioans show. This is episode 39 with your host, Ron Silico. Today, I have the privilege for the third time to be talking to Jim Burson, who's the owner of Solution Based Basketball, author of The Golden Whistle and The Daily Nugget, and retired collegiate basketball coach and professor at Muskingum University. Coach, welcome to the show. Boy, it's just great to be here, Ron. Uh, it uh, just seems like a minute ago when we had this almost first one that you did, and yeah. uh, I can tell just by you're getting smooth now. You're, you're getting good <laughs> at this thing. It's, it's kind of fun to. Like everything else, if you practice a little bit, you get better. So, oh, that's right. You're, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun for me. Well, it's, it's so nice to hear. I appreciate that. So if, if you could update for you, for the audience, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit, uh, getting into what, you, what you're involved with, with your businesses and your books. Uh, but what projects are you working on right now? Well, you know, I, I just finished up uh, my 10th summer with Nike. And uh, Nike really was the basis for the uh, Daily Nuggets, the, the second book I wrote, because I, uh, the coaches, the 40 coaches that are involved in Nike's summer basketball league, uh, I coached them in what was called a teach and reach basketball program. And I really was emphasized within the, a word for the day. I was emphasizing not just trying to teach them the game of basketball, but really preparing for the game of life. And so it became a really uh, intense project for me to be able to take that word for the day and have them study it. And, and it was nice because Nike bought a book for all those people. And uh, so that's one That's one of my big projects, because working for Nike uh, as a consultant uh, is, is really, it has been really, really great for me. But being able to take this book and then being able to help them even in a different way has also been great. So uh, I've been involved with that. I still am, am in on the perimeter of that 9450, the basketball that has a little uh, computer put in it. And that's been a fun thing. Really was interesting for me to, to, to watch this thing metamorphosis and change and grow. Uh, and of course, Jennifer and I have our, our own business that uh, we are consulting coaches and try to do it on a one-on-one -on -one basis and we're even looking to do it as a, on a more of a group uh, basis and it's just in the infant stage about um, getting seventh grade coaches and get a group of them to talk about their particular concerns, their particular needs or eighth grade coaches, junior high coaches, um, you know, freshman coach, assistant coach, uh, varsity assistant coaches, uh, maybe a woman coaching men and men coaching women, and just do it with a concern for common concerns is really what I'm calling it. So, you know, we could uh, take some coaches that, uh, and, and maybe even spread it out into common concerns with press offense or press defense, or but it would be a concern type of thing. So, so we're, we're working on that and looking at that and trying to build uh, our consulting business, which, which uh, has, has been really a challenge for us, but it's been a fun challenge because that's what we really want to do is, is help coaches. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, just the rest of what goes on in life, uh, 
with grandchildren. Uh, we've got two granddaughters, both tremendous students and lovely young ladies, and three grand uh, boys that uh, are all in school in some various stage. And boy, it just seems like flies by when you're having fun. <laughs> and, I, and I think that anything that we do, Ron, and we talk with you, we talk if you're coaching, it needs to be fun. If you're teaching, it needs to be fun. If you're being a parent, it needs to be fun. Mm -hmm. And we take it so serious, and I know I've done that, that I suck the fun out of everything. So one of the things about our books and the Daily Nugget book that, that uh, we, we just put out, uh, talks about a way to develop relationships and to be able to connect with people. Because I think that's one of the real key things. Uh, I know I've talked to coaches that said, I hate parents. Well, not a very good connector. Mm -hmm. Not a very good thing because I found out that almost all the kids have parents and you can't hide from them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've been involved in that and been trying to, to, uh, to uh, get, get our daily nugget book out and uh, take care of Silver the Golden Whistle, take care of Nike stuff, take care of 9450 take care of our consulting business. So it's, if it sounds like we're busy, it's because we're joyful in, in, in doing all those things. Now, there are days when the old man starts to go, yikes, what am I doing? But then I think of people like you, Ron, who, who are really doing a great job with what you do, and think about uh, the coaches that, that need help and that want help. And so uh, you know, we're what you're doing really always makes me, and, and, and I'm impressed with, with what you're doing, trying to, to help people, and that's exactly what, what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in some way, it's just uh, I'm not retired. I am busier now than I've ever been, and that's the way it should be, and that's the way we want it to be. Right. So, so for the audience, we might, we might have some coaches listening, uh, hopefully. And what would a consulting situation look like? If I called you on the phone or emailed you and said I was interested in going through your coaching program and process, how, how would that look? How would you structure that? Well, number one, uh, I would probably have you uh, give me a call, and we would do a little pre-one-on-one -on -one, uh, assessment. What is it that you need? What is it that you want? What is it that you're concerned about? What is it you care about? Uh, are you a, the kind of coach that really wants to learn or you, or you're looking for shortcuts, you're looking for answers, you're looking and, and try to find out where you are and then try to get, uh, you know, a, a, a little more in-depth studies as to, you know, where you've been, uh, where do you want to go, uh, what level are you coaching, uh, you know, what, uh, Tell me about your relationship with the players. Tell me about your relationship with assistant coaches. So it would be, first of all, a, a kind of a knowledge-gathering type of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would spend some time, uh, for example, I, I just have been talking, and we'll talk about this, I hope, later on, uh, with a, a kid named Toronto uh, Johnson, who's from California, and he and I are starting to build the kind of relationships that uh, eventually you hope he would want me to be a, a, a consultant where he could call a couple times during the season and say, Coach, I'm having this kind of problem, and, and I would talk with him about that. 
we would uh, call him spending. He said, you know, I need an hour on our press offense, and we, we would do that. Uh, I'm having a problem with the parents, and here's the problem. You know, do you have some thoughts? And so we're building up clientele to, uh, for the first couple of times, we just give information out and gather information and see if we're in a position to try and help them. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like any business, if you don't charge some money someplace along the line, you're not going to be in business very long. Mm-hmm. So then we would talk with them about, uh, and if, if they can't afford it, we'll work something out to make it make it happen. If uh, it's if it's about uh, a meeting, you know, three or four times, that would be great. If we could get on a one monthly meeting, that would be good. So right now, there's just um, it, it, it's in its infant stage. And what I would probably do if he was having concerns as a high school coach with parents, uh, I would uh, send a little note out and say we're going to have a, a call and maybe. Ten bucks a piece for five people on there, or ten people, uh, and we're going to talk about parents with with a with a, a group that connects, so he can talk to other coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's really just finding a way, because and and even athletic directors, you know, I've been we've been talking to athletic directors who have coaches who maybe were five hundred last year or less maybe struggling with some parental controls, maybe having some players that uh, are out breaking rules and that kind of stuff, and they don't quite know what to do. So we're available through the athletic director to, to try to help. Uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a myriad of possibilities that, that's going on. And most coaches today are funny. They, if they need help, they don't want to ask for it. And then a lot of them that need help don't think they do. And then a lot of them that need help and think they do need help don't know quite how to, to, to go about it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm, and and it's, it's a great theory and a great idea uh, to take a, a coach who's had experience, who's been through it, who has a Ph.D., who's coached for 40 years, who's had a son play the game, so I know it from a parent's viewpoint, uh, to look at it from an emotional view uh, of, of reacting after losses, reacting to players who mouth off to you. Even Ohio State situation, I've been amazed watching uh, the, the way the coaches handle this. And mm-hmm. it shows a great maturity because we all have problems. Mm-hmm. On the floor, off the floor, in between the floors. It's just, um, and, and I'm here to try to help and to try to maybe be a voice for them in the darkness and, and a light for them uh, with, with some answers that, that may get them in the right direction. So that, that's kind of the, the background of that a little bit. That's great. Something that you probably surmise is we have people in the audience that are go-getters. They're, they're high achievers. They, they want to excel. A problem that high achievers have in a lot of cases, whether it's high achieving coaches or coaches that feel like they need to do it all. Uh, How do you utilize, whether it's your assistant coaching staff or learning how to delegate with your, your team members that report to you? What, what are some nuggets that you have for folks that have that problem 
with delegation and control? Well, you know, a lot of times if you're afraid to delegate and you have too much control, that probably means you lack confidence yourself. And I think any evaluation, any uh, improvement has to start by being introspective, looking at me as the head coach. How am I doing? Why Why don't I trust anybody else to, to, to do it? And so I, I think the biggest concern there is that if I'm hardworking and I'm going to get it done myself, you and I both know that you can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And that would be the thing that I would point out that – I need to have good assistance. I want the assistant coaches to be smarter than I am. I want my assistant coaches to work harder than I am. I want my assistant coaches to want my job. I want my assistant coaches to want a better job. I want to try to help those people. I want to, I want the parents to know that I am trying to make their son better. That my job is to make our team better and our team gets better if their son gets better. And their son will get better if I get better and if the parents get better. It's hard to see beyond the end of your nose when you're a parent. Mm-hmm. My kids should be playing. They love their child more than they love me, and that's, that's the way it's going to be. But you need to make sure that everybody around you understands and connects to the goal that is to make everybody in our program better, including myself as, as a teacher coach. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if we can begin to do that and we can start, even as Jimmy Sturman, who was, who was with you a couple of uh, weeks ago, that we, we have to connect and we mm-hmm. have to be connectors. And I know when I first started coaching, if a, if a kid said something to me or if he reacted in a way I didn't like or if they would uh, not work as hard or if they would say something, I have a language concern, boy, I came down on them way too hard. I wasn't trying to connect. I was trying to save my ego. And so I think anybody out there that's thinking about coaching has to say, number one, why am I coaching? Why am I doing this? And that has to be to help the players get better so that our team gets better and that everybody starts to get happy. Mm-hmm. And if you do lose or you're going into a losing because all of us face through some losing, too. Very few Mike Krzyzewski's around who doesn't seem ever to, to, to lose. But if, if you do that, you then need to be able to really, really have patience and really, really control yourself and your emotions because that's when the naysayers will come out. Mm-hmm. And they will come out. Mm-hmm. And I, I've heard other people going, well, I'm not going to be like that in coaching. That won't happen to me. Well, good luck. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the point as I went around in this big circle about it, number one is make sure as a coach that you're willing to learn and willing to grow, willing to admit you need to learn and willing to admit that maybe you made a mistake and willing to admit that it doesn't always go the way that you want it to go. And if you can do that, then that will get passed over to your assistants, that will get passed over to the athletic director, that will get passed over to the parents. That will get passed over to the officials. Everybody that's on your team, which all of them are, and the officials are part of the team. And I always try to respect them because they're part of my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want the parents to care about me. And there's some parents 
someone might be listening, and I and I would say over 40 years, maybe one or two or three, not very many, but I've had some that just almost hated me mm-hmm. because they didn't think I treated their son right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's their right, and that's good, and I need to make sure that that doesn't happen, or if it does, I minimize it for the benefit of the team. And I have a little thing that I can have you start to do with the people out there that at the end of everything I talk to people about, at the end of any statement that from now on you'll see from me, it's going to say, team on. Mm-hmm. If we would get in a huddle and we'd say, okay, come on, guys, it's um, this time out. Let's, let's go again. Let's play a little harder defense. Let's uh, take a little bit better shots. Okay, here we go, team on. Mm-hmm. And that just means to me that the first thing I am worrying about is the team. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's the team. I, I want you individually to play better because that lifts the team. Mm-hmm. But our concern has to be, hey, I, I, wanna, I, I need to sub in. I need to play more minutes. I need to score more points. I need to get more shots. No. You need to do that only as it relates to making our team better. And I put my hand up and say, team on. Mm-hmm. Team on. And, and that has become kind of a calling card because I don't care what you're – if I'm the head coach and I, I've got all the answers, if I'm the head coach and I don't listen to my assistants, if I'm the head coach and I don't care about the players, if I'm the head coach and thinks that the officials just suck, then I'm losing sight of team on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Team on. And I think if we wouldn't talk to the people out there much at all about anything else, it would be that that concept, that that thought, that that idea, that every time I talk to a player about discipline, every time I talk to them in practice, every time I say, for you, now that wasn't a very good shot selection. Hey, team on. I'm doing it mm-hmm. to you individually so that it affects the team in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that that would be my my part of and what is really funny, you'll you, you laugh at this. I kind of forgot what the question was, but I got so involved in trying to answer it that you know what? If I just said to you right now, team on, I I think we'd be okay because you and I are a team. Mm-hmm. That's right. My my parents, my family's a team. I know there was a little thing uh, that you had said to me, and, and I quote this, daily nuggets are a part of my daily routine. I'm teaching the word of the day with my boys as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and your boys, your sons, are a team. Mm-hmm. You and your wife and the boys are a team. Not mm-hmm. just players and, and uh, you know, your grandparents are part of the team. Mm-hmm. And so everything I look at, I can't do it alone. But if I want everybody else to get better, I need to get better. If I want everybody else to work harder, I need to work harder. I, you, we, I think we talked about that in one of our other things. Mm-hmm. I get better, you get better, we get better. I get better, you get better, the team gets better. I, you, we. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's just the basis of that clear and as clear as I can be. That if I want people around me to be good, I need to be good. So, mm-hmm. so that, that's kind of the whole, and I, and I went too long and I generalized on that a little bit, but I really, really am serious about team on. And I'm really am serious about me never losing sight. When I yell and scream at a player and demean him, 
That may not hurt him, but boy, team on. I better be getting him after the game. I better be getting him at practice. I better be lifting him up, and I better be finding some way to get him back mm-hmm. mentally. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I can just say, hey, team on. And, you know, even if I chew you out and I say, Ron, you know, that was ridiculous. You didn't work hard enough on that defense. You switched. You didn't talk. You didn't communicate. Get over and sit on the bench. And then I look at you and say, wink at you and say, team on. And you go, yeah, I know. Because mm-hmm. that's what it's about. I'm, I'm, I'm yelling at you not because of you. I'm yelling at you because I want the team to get better. So team on. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got that. <laughs> no, that, that was great. Uh- I don't know if you had a chance to read it. Uh, Urban Meyer's new book that came out called Above the Line. and You know, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it's it's a great book. And one of the things he talked about was he views his assistant coaches as unit leaders following a military model where, I mean, he wants them to really be integrated in, in that player's life. So defensive backs coach whatever the position that they're coaching. Uh, He calls them unit leaders. And uh, to that point about delegation, I mean, he talks about his job being to put, put all the pieces together in the big picture, but these unit leaders have to have that trust and that cohesion within the group. So uh, again, it's based on military. The people that are in that small group, they're going to, they're going to strive to do their best, hopefully not for themselves or out of fear that they'll react negatively, but they're going to strive to be the best they can to not let that next person in their unit down. And it's it's a really neat concept that he oh, talks yeah. about. Well, I'm really impressed with him. He just seems to, to do a lot of right things. Mm-hmm. And he utilizes people to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he does give degrees of freedoms to his coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, and I think that's one of the things that makes him, now he's got great players, but I tell you, you can mishandle great players. Mm-hmm. And I think he's doing a tremendous job of, of handling it. Mm-hmm. And I think he tries to do it through his assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. So boy, what a, what a, what a wonderful thing. And, uh, guys, you know, and it sounds like to me, I better get a hold of that book and read it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got about five, five of them around here right now. <laughs> I need to uh, you know, get those because that leadership, development of leadership is such an important thing. And inspiration, being able to inspire. And it doesn't have to all come from the head coach. Mm-hmm. If right. you can get your assistant coach to inspire people and and to care, wow, what, 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 are you, what an advantage that, that will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hoping you could comment on this insight. Uh, I believe that I personally became a better leader when every, just about every interaction I had centered around one of the one core value, one of, one or two of core values that I was able to define for myself, and then and then using the organization's core values. How important are having core values as a leader? I, I don't think you can lead without them. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and because of the term leadership, you've got to exude those yourself. So if I'm talking to you about toughness, then I better be tough. And I don't have to be tough and, and 
and uh, fight people, but I have to be tough mentally. I have to be disciplined mentally. And if I'm talking about language so that uh, one of our core values is we don't swear, then I can't swear. Mm -hmm. If one of our core values is being on time, I can't be late. So core values are, are uh, just about, and, and you know, one of my, one of my really things that almost all of our players would, would say that we have shots, stops, core values, and toughness. And that's our basketball program. So mm -hmm. if you write that down, you know, SSCVT, shots, well, that's offense. So you've got to get good shots. Mm -hmm. That's about as simple as you can get basketball. Shot selections, getting good shots, running offenses, uh, setting screens, getting rebounds, those are all about shots. Stops. And that's just tough, hard-nosed defense. Don't let them score. But to do that, you got to learn to get over the picks. you got to learn to fight people off. you got to block people out. you got to contest all the shots. You, you've got to learn to approach people. So shots, stops, and the next thing is core values. And that core value is, is that, let, let, me, let me read you a little something that uh, I got from Travis Swab. If he's somebody you may want to talk about, He's the new head basketball coach at Muskegon, young guy, mm -hmm. and I think he'd make a great interview for you. Yeah, I... But he's, he's, yeah, so, so when we get done with this, I'll bring, bring that back up. Okay. And he sent me a little note, and he said, I thought you'd like this, coach. And he says, a player comes into the office, and he says, coach, can I talk to you? And the coach says, sure. Well, I just want to know what I can do to get to start in our games and get more playing time as a center. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm showing my best as a wing. My parents tell me I'm not going to get noticed by college scouts unless something changes. Hmm. And, and he said, well, Michael, I said, there is something that all coaches are looking for from the players they recruit. In fact, it is exactly what I'm looking for from you as well. If you approach every practice, every fitness station, every game with this one thing, I think you'll see a huge improvement in your play, regardless of what position you play. Are you interested? I said, well, of course I am, Coach. What is it? And the coach waited for a moment before he answered to make sure that the guy was listening. You have to stop asking what you can get and start asking what you can give. Hmm. And the core value is to serve. Mm -hmm. And the core value is that giving gets. The core value is that if you want more playing time, give more playing to the players. Give it to them. Hey, here, take my spot. Come on in here and do it. we got to get better. I'm going to help you do it. Come over and let me show you what to do. And I think that uh, that particular player that Travis was talking about said, what do you mean to serve? Do I have to serve him a dinner or a meal? And, of course, Travis looked at him and said, no. But he said, serving others is the one thing that unites successful people. That connects people. Mm -hmm. The great ones know more than anybody else that they must be, give more to become more. They must serve others. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think when you talk core values, I think what you have to do as a coach is to take those just like in, in the, the Daily Nugget every day and talk to them about what's really important. I've got people on this team that want to play more. i got people on this team that want to start. I get people on this team who we just had our first scrimmage and get a, didn't get enough playing time. 
And their concern should be, how can I help and what can I do to make the, me better and to make the team better? And then I would just say, team on. Mm -hmm. Team on. And so your core values, if you can direct them every day and lift those players every day, and you can get them to think, well, I do want to play more. Good. Because I hope you do. I want to get better. Great. I hope you do. I want more playing time. Good. I want more shots. Good. But how? the best way to do that is by serving all the players around you, by working harder than anybody else, by caring more than anybody else, by showing and helping other people what, what they, they, they need. Be a giver because giving gets. And, boy, that's such an important thing. So now you're back again to core values that I love. Okay. But your core values need to have a little story with them, too. Sure. You can't just say, you know, we, we, we want leadership or we want uh, somebody to, to be tough. And uh, because toughness doesn't necessarily mean I had a senior that played for me, Gordon Litt, who's now a lawyer, and he was tough. He didn't play and he didn't practice hard all the time. He never missed a practice in four years. His senior year, he scored 10 points. And I heard him talk to his mom and dad one time, and, and I said, you know, I'm really sorry he's not getting me. He said he loves it. He loves being there. He loves pushing the players ahead of him. He loves being the, 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 the kid that appears to be tough. He loves to be a giver. He, he, he wants to make everybody in the team better so the team can win. He isn't worried about Gordon. Mm -hmm. And now he's a lawyer and is on the board of, of the college at Muskegon College. And one of the kids that I respect as much as anybody else for his core values. Mm -hmm. And he said this, and this is a great statement to, to make for anybody if you're coaching. He was going in to take his, his uh, law degree test. And one of the, his teachers said, in what course at Muskegon prepared you to take this test the best. He said, basketball. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and it did. It taught him to sacrifice. It taught him that I don't have to be a first teamer. I don't have to be the best player. I don't have to score a thousand points to be a great, great contributor. And when it's all said and done, every player on my team loved Gordon Smith. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I think that that's core value. And you need to find that, search for that, and find the players that have that. And then also find the ones that have that and are also good players. Mm -hmm. Because just having kids with great core values and not be a great and that's your job as a coach, make those players better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I love core values. That's just shot stops, core values, and toughness. And I told them about toughness. Toughness is not taking a charge. Although you got to be tough. Toughness is not diving on the floor and getting squished by about six other people. Toughness is not about winning every sprint. Toughness is about driving to John Carroll, clear up in Cleveland, having an 8 o'clock game, getting beat, driving back, getting home about 1.30 at night, and getting up and going to that 8 o'clock class the next day. I told him that's the kind of toughness I want. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So you teach shot stops, core values, and toughness. And the players that play for me would tell you that what, what's, what's the principles, what's the essence, what's the, the meaning of musking of basketball? And that's what they'd say, shot stops, core values, and toughness.
So is it important? I can't overemphasize how important it really, really is. Mm-hmm. But you need to, you know, if I'm talking about that, I better live it myself as a coach. Mm-hmm. And then you better hope you have a lot of Gordon Litts to live it for you as players. You have a great story among, there's a lot of great stories in the Golden Whistle. And the name escapes me. It was one of the first African-American players you coached, I believe. And you you told a story where he, he went into the game, he didn't do very well, and you started throwing stuff in the locker room after the game. Can, can, can you share that story with the audience? Because it's kind of to your point about at the end where you – Maybe you didn't say team on and, and wink at him, but but you did have a recovery process. I would have if I had thought of it at that time. <laughs> I just didn't have team on and on my bases at that time. But you know, we we all have situations where we get so involved in games, we lose really sight of what what it's about. And Jack Bendoff, who is um, one of the vice presidents of the, of the state in um, the penitentiary. And he was the, the head of the uh, one here down at Caldwell. And then he's moved back up into Columbus. And Jack has a smile that's contagious. Uh, you know, he, he, he looks like, when you look at him, he smiles like he's got a banana in sideways. You know, he just, he, 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 he's just tremendous. And one of the great human beings I've ever been around. But he didn't possess great talent. I mean, he just wasn't, he wasn't quite big enough, wasn't quite strong enough. But he was another one of those people that had tremendous core values. And that story, all it pointed up was how I'm, I'm demanding and expecting things out of my players. And I was such harsh manure myself that I couldn't, I couldn't get it out of there. My concern was how bad we were playing. My concern was how bad the officials made bad calls. My concern was what a butt the, the other coach was. My concern is that I didn't have anybody on the bench that could play. My concern was all negative, and I'm trying to win, and that's not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And I know Jack did go in the game, and I know Jack went in and turned it over about the first time. And my first thought was, well, you know, it's early in the game. Get him settled down. He'll be okay. No, I dang it, I should not have put him in the game. That was horrendous. And he proceeded to come down and take a shot that he shouldn't have taken. So I jerk him back out. He's got that kind of little smile on his face, and, he, and I can tell he hurts. And he starts to sit down beside me. I said, get down to the end of the bench. Get, a, get away from me. So I go in, and we get beat. And, of course, it's the it's dumb officials. <laughs> it was the grandmother of one of the players who came across and tried to hit me with an umbrella. And I am upset. And I go in, and the first thing I do is rant, rave, and swear, which I hate to do, and start throwing these sack lunches. And here comes Jack right at me. And I'm thinking, if he says one thing to me, I'm going to choke him. And you know what? He said, Coach, I'm sorry I didn't play good for you. I love you, and I love this team. That's called core values. Jack, who I had just banished to the end of the bench, who I just told was terrible. I don't even know why he's on my team. All the other players are now ducking sack lunches, which isn't going to hurt him too bad. But I stopped and told Jack, and help me pick these up. And I said, Jack, I'm really sorry. And I said, uh, he said, Coach, I know. You just want to win. I said, I shouldn't want to win at the expense of your character and your class, Jack. 
and I am sorry. And Jack and I talk a lot about that. He came back this last uh, to the last uh, alumni game and smiled at that great smile and said, Coach, those years were the best years of my life because you pushed me beyond where I was. And I, th and I thank you for that. So what, what, what are we trying to do? What are you trying to do as, as a coach and as a teacher? And it's pretty simple. Make people better. And Jack and I tapped up and said, team on. Team on. Because he's now got six or seven kids, and he's got a team of his own. <laughs> you know, he's going, wow, Jack, what are you thinking? <laughs> but we all have teams, and it's about the team. So, mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Your books are... If if I if I had to put a, a definition on them, they're very process centered. Do you feel that there's too much focus on outcomes versus just trying to improve individual processes at a high level, with the thought that the byproduct will be positive outcomes? Well, I don't know. The, the great thing is that in life. There's God and there's the devil. That's the way it is. In basketball and in life, there's winning and there's losing. In life, there's good guys and bad guys and black hats and white hats. And in anything you do, there's going to be pressure on you to succeed at a level higher than people expect. And so there's always going to be that pressure. The thing is, each individual coach must measure for himself because I, I want to win and I'll play it to tell you. I want to win as bad as anybody. But I never won a national title. And today it, it, it doesn't matter that much. You know, I never won 20 games in a row. You know, I never had an undefeated season. I didn't have a lot of things that I thought was really important. But I still want coaches when I see them. I want them feisty. I want them to win. I want them to get after them. I want them to get on the players. I, even if they swear once in a while, that. But they've got to then look at it and say, I'm, am I doing it for the team? Am I doing it for me? Am I doing it in spite of the players? So, no, you know, I don't think it's just about process. And you can't just process this whole competitive thing of winning and losing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's like at, at Ohio State, if they lose a game, uh, the first time they lose, he's going to be a bad coach. Mm-hmm. The pressure that's on him is unbelievable. So it has to affect you. Sure. And he has to want to win. And, you know, the, the quarterback controversy at Ohio State, they have to want to play, but, you know, at, at, what, at what point do you not play them? At what point and how much punishment? That's what makes this whole game and this whole stuff so beautiful. Isn't it great mm -hmm. that there are people that want to win and can handle the process? There's some of us that want to win and lose sight of the process. Mm -hmm. And that those coaches need help. Those coaches need direction. Those coaches need lifting. And sometimes they can't lift themselves. And, of course, that's what I told you, that I think I'm in there consulting with coaches and helping them. And I know that George Rowling, my great friend from Nike, uh, spends time with coaches like that. Kentucky has him in all the time. Uh, matter of fact, I went to to L.A. a couple of weeks ago and went to the Clippers practice, George was doing an evaluation of the Clippers and wanted me to help. Hmm. 
So people are, you know, they even at that level, they feel like that that they need help with coaching, not just with a competitive nature. Am I too hard on the players? Am I yelling too much in the screen? But am I being a good leader? Am I lifting the players? Are they really working to their full potential? I was impressed with the Clippers because I called it off-court coaching. Somebody would come out of the out of a scrimmage, and another player would be talking to them. They would come out of a scrimmage, and another coach would be talking to them. And 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 those are the kind of things that I think were process and product and. All those things have to come together. I need to get on you. I need to demand. I need to expect. But I need the love and the care and, the, and, and all the concomitant types of words you want to pull out to make sure that we're doing it together. Mm-hmm. Speaking of George Raveling, can you talk about the book project you have in the works with that? Well, you, you may help me with this, and you know I'm still struggling a little bit with giving it. Finally, you know I, I just haven't said uh, I'm going out for the team. I've been talking about going out for the team and playing on the team and being a part of the team, but I haven't I haven't said team on to George yet. Mm-hmm. And my wife's been a little upset with me, which I don't blame her. Um, but and, and I haven't been able to to say uh, because. You know, she's so sweet and so nice, and she wants me to, 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 to do what I want to do, but I've had an uncertainty. And you know, you and I both know we can't. If we ask my, uh, a basketball player of mine, are you ready? Well, Coach, I'm not sure I want to play. That's driving me crazy. So, so I'm really trying to, to gather as much information as I can and see if I can do it. Because a couple of things. One, I may be afraid of failing. I may be afraid that it's going to take too much time. I may be afraid that I'm just not the person to be able to get it done. I may be afraid because I'm not sure I'm going to do a good enough job. I may be afraid just because I'm 74 years old. But I, if, if once I decide, which which will happen here pretty quick, uh, because we, we have some chapters and we have some directions, and once I just make that final commitment to it, for George's sake and for my wife's sake, for my sake, um, but it's been a beautiful thing to do. George Raveling is one of the great human beings in the world, and uh, so I'm blessed to, to even be involved in it at, at this point. And there's nothing. If, if I were to decide today not to do it, it's been a, it's been a blessing for me just to be around George. And George said the same thing. Mm-hmm. He said if it gets to the point where it overwhelms you a little bit or you don't want to do it, nothing will change our friendship in any way. And, and again, that's a core value. That's somebody who trusts you and you trust them. And so, so it, it's a beautiful experience. And, uh, and I'll know in a couple of weeks. I've told that to, my, to some people now that, what do they say, poop or get off the pot. I, I clean that up for you. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, I, 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 it's, uh, it's something that needs done. It's something that I'm probably going to do. I just haven't stepped you know, I've gone ankle deep and knee deep and waist deep, but I haven't, I haven't dove in yet, and I, I need to die. So, and and talking to you today may may help that. Mm-hmm. So, that's a that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something you've t- you talked about in the Golden Whistle is every year 
picking out a new project to, to learn or master. What is that for you this year? Well, you know, it's funny. The last couple of years has been writing a book. Hmm. And uh, I think that when you're doing that, that you don't just jump in and write a book. And, and the first two were good because they, they were me. They were about me. They were about my program. They were about my life. This one is about George. Mm-hmm. And that makes it different. Mm-hmm. It's almost like playing, you know, we've played some home games and we've had some scrimmages. We haven't played on the road yet. Mm. And so, you know, what I'm doing is spending a lot of time, like I would hope anybody would do, of reading and studying and what makes a good writer, uh, what made George such a great individual, what made him a great coach, what made him a great person. And, and I think that those are the kind of things that I'm now doing. Uh, for example, one of the things that I think George does is helps people all over the place. You know, he, he's helping uh, junior high coaches and high school coaches and major college coaches. And, 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 and how, do you, how do you do that? How do you connect with that many people? And he coaches off the court as good as anybody I've, I've ever been around. Hmm. And uh, he coaches by taking his family with him. He coaches uh, after the game, you know, win or lose. And th- those are the kind of things that I think that I am trying to uh, to make sure that I, I know what I am doing. And that, uh, so I'm reading a couple different books. I've got a little book here called Writing Down the Bones by Natalie Goldberg. And it's been just an intriguing thing for me about... Uh, you know, she, she, she talks about writing, and you want to be a better writer, pick up your pen, pen and write. Mm-hmm. And I just put down there with that in mind, you want to be a better player, pick up the ball and begin. Pick it up. Because none of us are going to get better if, if, if we don't do that. And I like it because I, and, and I'll kind of wind this thing up for you a little bit, but just saying, I have what she calls monkey mind. And that is, I go over to the office and I sit down and I will do about anything I can. I'll go get a newspaper or I gotta go get me something to eat or I've got anything I can do at all not to write. And I think there are people like that in the game of basketball. You know, well, I'm gonna run uptown or I'm gonna go to my girlfriend's or, or I'm gonna not, I, you know, I'm, I was gonna mow the yard and then now I'm not doing that and now I'm not doing this. And monkey mind just allows you to almost waste your days. And so I am really trying hard to concentrate on, on what I'm doing and, and how I'm doing it. And let, let me just end on a couple little notes. Uh, I have a, a, a guy in Minnesota that is using the daily nuggets with his team every day. And it's just been so much fun for me to read it because that's that's what you and I are about. Mm-hmm. And uh, here, here's what Wade Grin, uh, Grindy said. The Daily Nugget has been and will be our season's basketball Bible. Mm. The book speaks my language. When we received the books, I gathered the team together in my classroom and had the captain pass out the books based upon the words you autograph in each book. Captains were responsible for matching the book with each player as best they could, having players from grades 9 through 12 in one room with captains that know the team may not happen in many programs, but it does in Spring Grove. 
What I like most about the book is how quick and easy it is to apply each day. It's been for me uh, as a coach and dad because I have a son that plays. And my son is a junior captain, and I enjoy our conversations every day with him. <laughs> and you and I both have talked about what are we trying to do. I'm a basketball coach, and I'm just trying to help people. Mm -hmm. I'm a basketball coach, and I just want to get better. I'm a basketball coach who's retired who wants to continue to make a contribution to the game. And that's what you do, and that's what I do, and it's been such a great time. And, and Ron, I can't, again, tell you how proud I am that, of what you're doing and how proud I am to be a part of your program. So, well, thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you. Uh, last question I had for you, because I'm sure we've got people in the audience. What you you had this with your children? What advice would you have about parents being involved actively coaching their children? You know, I I think it's tremendous. But like all of us, uh, no matter what happens, it seems like moms and dads love their children more than they love coaches, more than they love teachers, more than. They, and they have just they just need all of us to keep it in perspective. Mm -hmm. That's that's the big thing. It gets all out of children. My son is the best player, and and, and they have no idea how good. And they look good to him. You know what I mean? He he scored ten points one game. Man, oh man, he was the best player out there. But I I think if you just kind of know what direction that you want to go, because I I love parents. My, some of my best friends, I think I mentioned that to you. <laughs> I had a player call me, and, and, and this epitomizes what my coaching was about. He called and said, Coach, one of your best friends just died. He said, my dad loved you. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I think parents need to be able, if they're coaching their kids, to keep it in perspective that maybe their kid's not the greatest thing in the world. Maybe he's just like a lot of other people, and we're trying to help all of them. Because, you know, the, the word is, if I, I, I'll coach, and I'm coaching so my son will start. That premise is not very solid. Mm -hmm. And it will cause problems. But if you can say, I'm playing him, and I love him, so... I may give him a better bit and let him play a couple minutes more than some other people, but he better be good or he's not playing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's hard. That's hard. That's, and uh, I would say that if you're really, really solid as a person and you really are good, that, that you can coach your son. Mm -hmm. But I'd also say you better be careful mm -hmm. because every parent that's on that team if that kid doesn't get a play, he's going to get after you. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one I'm not sure I would uh, recommend people do a lot of, but if they do it, they probably need some counseling. They probably need to come and talk to you, or they come and need to come and talk to me. <laughs> they need to have, well, what happens when a, another parent starts to come to me? I, I just saw in the thing the other day where in a little league game that one of the parents was yelling, and another parent came and hit him with a ball back. The parents got after each other. And the one guy was coaching the team. He was a third base coach. And uh, he held the other guy's son up. 
and the dad was yelling at him, he could have scored right now. What are you doing holding him up? You wouldn't have held your own son up. Those are the kind of things that we really need to be proactive about. Mm -hmm. And the administrators of all those kind of programs. And if I've got somebody that's in an AAU and it's a son and it's my dad and my dad's playing and he's letting me play, you better make sure that they understand there could be a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. That's all. Just awareness again. We're back to awareness of problems. Mm -hmm. And I know we do that at Nike a lot. Try to talk to those coaches about well, you know, you've got your son playing, and this kid over here is not playing, and those people are going to be mad. How are you going to handle it? And if it is, and if the answer is, I don't give a crap what they think, now you've got a bigger problem. Mm -hmm. So I just work, I, you know, try to, as a head coach, try to be aware of what's going on with, with parents and with people. But in the long run, I just got to know my heart. Why am I coaching? And does it bring me joy and happiness? Is it fun? And am I helping those young people get better? Mm -hmm. And I still want to win. Mm -hmm. Don't lose sight of that. There's never a time I've talked to people say winning is not important. Mm -hmm. It is. But not at the expense of my dignity and my caring and my core values. No. Mm -hmm. So, well, you know what? That's great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny that you bring up perspective because I, I coach... My oldest is my oldest son's t-ball team this summer, <laughs> and I I had told him, and he's he was four and a half at the time, and and I had told him I said in practice you have to call me coach you can't call me daddy. And first practice, he he kept saying we were doing drills, and he he kept saying daddy daddy come here come here, and I and I was kind of ignoring him. And I knew we had a water break coming up. He kept saying, Daddy, Daddy. And I said, do, do the drill, Ryan. Do the drill. And, and then a couple of minutes later, we had the water break. I came over to him. I said, Ryan, what, what, what did you keep calling me over for? And he said, I just wanted to let you know JT has the same kind of baseball glove that I have. And he walked away and went to the drinking fountain. <laughs> and I just started laughing. And I said, okay. I said, remember, you have to call me. Isn't that beautiful? That's so great. And then I said, just remember, in practice, you have to call me coach. He said, okay, daddy. <laughs> but it, well, that's a, that's a hard habit to break right away. But yeah. I would think it, I would think in a couple couple days on that, that he'd probably be pretty good. Yeah, but, but it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, well, well this has been a good one. Yeah, it's, Long. it's always... Yeah, it's always been good. To, it's always good to talk to you. You've got so much insight and wisdom to, to bring to our audience. Uh, just to reiterate for folks that have perhaps not listened to the other two interviews, how, how could they reach out and connect with you if, if they were so inclined? Well, the big thing is they could just send it to Coach Burst, C-O-A-C-H-B-U-R-S uh, dot com, uh, Coach Burst. At email, I mean at. Uh, okay, my wife just straightened me out. <laughs> coach at jimberson.com. That'll get it there. Okay. And if they'd want to call, uh, 740 is my cell number. And uh, if they have a problem, they have a specific concern, and uh, they just want to talk, but that would, that would be wonderful. We'd be glad to help anywhere we can. Okay.
Well, great. Well, Coach, thank you again for taking the time to, to join us on the show. And if you could just hold the line for a moment, I'm just going to sign off. Okay. That's thank, great. Thank you, Coach. Thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. This was episode 39, our third interview with Coach Jim Burson, owner of Solution-Based Basketball, author of The Golden Whistle and The Daily Nugget, retired collegiate basketball coach and a consultant for Nike and 9450. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day.